grace, mercy, and peace be on you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which engages us this day is the gospel lesson read previously. Let's far the text. Dear friends in Christ, we used to live next door to an incredibly persistent golden retriever named Duffy. And whenever we were back on our back porch sitting outside or just outside in general, and Duffy would come outside, the routine was always the same. He would see my wife Ann and I out in the backyard, would come trotting over to the fence that separated our two properties, and would flop over on his side or even on his back and look over at us as if to say, hey, come on over here and pet me. Well, if that didn't work, he then would start wiggling around on his back to draw more attention to himself and look back to see if we were noticing him. If that didn't work, he got back up on his feet and would walk pacing back and forth up and down the fence line, making a rather pathetic whimpering sound. And if he noticed then that we were watching him, the routine would start all over once again. Finally, one or both of us would just break down, go on over, and pet him. Duffy was an incredibly persistent dog. When our gospel lesson for today, Jesus also asks his hearers to be persistent, persistent in prayer. Luke begins our gospel lesson by saying that Jesus told a parable, a story, not an actual event that occurred, but a story in order to teach his hearers something about life in the kingdom of God. And what did Jesus want to teach his hearers with this parable in our gospel lesson for today? Luke says it, that they ought always to pray and never lose heart. Now before we get into this parable and its interpretation, Let's stop for a moment and consider this. The very fact that Jesus has to tell a parable to encourage his hearers to be persistent in prayer is an indication that we, by our nature, are not persistent in prayer. We do easily lose heart, don't we, when we pray and pray and pray for something and it just doesn't seem to come about. And when we lose heart, we can become more and more infrequent in our prayer, perhaps concluding that it really doesn't seem to be making much difference anyway, in spite of all the promises of God to the contrary. Perhaps you are even going through such a period right now in your life with one or two important issues in your life. Jesus wants us to pray always and not to lose heart. This parable is not too hard to follow. It only has two main characters who couldn't be more opposite, more different from one another. There is, first of all, the widow. And like virtually all widows in her day, she likely was poor and vulnerable and easy prey for any unscrupulous person. You see, back in Bible times, there were very few defenses for widows, legal 
or otherwise, and they were particularly vulnerable to unscrupulous people, especially if they didn't have a son. Now, we don't know the details in this widow's life. We don't know if someone was trying to take advantage of her. All we know is that she kept coming forth time after time after time, asking that her case be decided and that she receive justice. In contrast to this poor, vulnerable widow, we have the very powerful and influential judge. He could merely say the word with his authority and that widow's life would be changed. The troubling thing is that Jesus describes this judge as one who neither feared God nor respected man. By saying that that judge did not fear God, Jesus is letting us know that that judge was a pagan. He would have no knowledge of, nor would he even care about all the guidelines that God had throughout the Old Testament for the care and keeping of widows. Two entire chapters in Deuteronomy, other passages in Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the Psalms, this judge would know nothing of them, nor would he even care about them. And Jesus also says he wasn't a respecter of man. In other words, he didn't care what anyone thought about his decisions. You see, many of the judges at that time were appointed by the Romans. And these judges were known for operating with a very low level of integrity. They were open to bribes, to grease the skids of justice. Unless you had a lot of money, which this widow wouldn't have had, you could sit and wait a long, long time for your case to be heard, if it was ever going to be heard at all. These judges were so unscrupulous, they became known as the robber judges. And along with the tax collectors, they were seen with a great deal of contempt. But despite the low social standing of this widow, despite this scoundrel of a judge that she has, she keeps coming forth with persistence, time after time after time, asking that her case be heard, that she receive justice. And finally, Jesus says, this judge gives in and decides her case so that he will not, in his own words, continue to be beaten down by her continued coming and asking. Well, who are the characters in this parable, and what is the interpretation of this parable? Obviously, the widow is us, is the children of God. Her persistence in going before the judge and asking that her case be decided is the same type of persistence that Jesus would have us operate with when it comes to our prayers to our Heavenly Father. But then wait a minute. If the widow is us, does that mean that God is this scoundrel of a judge who neither has fear of God nor respect for man? No, of course not. What Jesus is doing here is drawing a comparison. It's as if to say, if even this scoundrel of a judge would render a verdict for this widow, how much more? will our loving and gracious Heavenly Father 
render a verdict for us, so to speak, and give us what is best when we come before him with persistence in prayer. How much more indeed? Because it's this same heavenly Father who spared not even his own Son, but delivered him up for our transgressions. Just five chapters after Jesus tells this parable, he will go to the cross, willingly laying down his life as payment in full for the sins of the world, including all of our sins, including even those times when we become discouraged in our prayer life and lose heart. It's because Jesus Christ went to the cross, died there, and rose again that we can approach the Father in prayer in the first place. And it's because of his life, death, and resurrection once again that we know that now when we approach our Heavenly Father in prayer, we have a Heavenly Father who is favorably disposed toward us wants us to come to him, promises to give us only that which is best. As Peter put it, cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. And yet there are still those times, aren't there, where we pray and pray and pray, convinced that what we are asking for simply must be the will of God. How can it be anything else? And yet, it doesn't seem to happen. It's precisely at those times that Satan will be around to sow the seeds of doubt. Those doubts such as, did God really promise he's going to listen to you? Are you sure that God still loves you and cares about you? If he really did love you, how could he allow this to be happening in your life or not happening in your life? It's precisely at those times that we don't need to pray less, but need to pray more. To pray more for a faith that trusts even in the times when we don't understand what's happening, praying for a will that will not seek its own way, but will be open to accept the will of God in everything that occurs. For it is Jesus' desire that we pray always and not lose heart. It also must be said that this parable does not present to us a methodology for trying to manipulate God with our prayers. In other words, if we want a new car or a new house or something incredible in our life, this parable does not give us license to go to God and badger him day after day after day, thinking if we just do it enough, he's going to provide exactly what we want. God loves us too much to give us exactly what we want all the time. We know from the scriptures that God indeed does hear every prayer and answers those prayers in the ways that are best for us. Many of you know this, but let's review it once again. God answers our prayers with a yes, 
if what we are asking is in accord with his will for us right now and is best for us right now. He answers our prayers with a no. If what we are asking is not in accord with his will for us ever and will not be good for us ever, despite what we may think at the time. And he answers our prayers with a wait. If what we are asking for is not in accord with his will for us now, but will be in the future, at which point he will grant it. And so we pray always, not losing heart. The story is told of a particular village in Africa where many of the natives were converted to the Christian faith and became extremely zealous in their life of prayer. Several times a day they would go out from their huts into the tall grass, each one of them into a different spot, would sit down and pour out their hearts to God in prayer. Several times a day for each of them. It wasn't long before there were worn spots there in that tall grass. And it wasn't long before the pathways of grass were made bare by the continual going back and forth several times a day in prayer. Those worn spots were testimony to the persistence in prayer by these recent converts. And if the prayers of one member became less frequent, perhaps lapsed in their prayer life, the other members would gently chide and encourage that person, letting them know there is grass growing on your path. Friends in Christ, is there grass growing on your path, your life of prayer? Jesus, in our gospel lesson today, wills that we pray always and not lose heart. May God so work in our lives that we will wear together deep, long-lasting ruts in the grass of our spiritual life as daily we pray with persistence. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. We confess